So this was probably the most contentious conversation I've had since I've been doing this show. And that's somewhat expected given the format change for season two and how I'm trying to question people on kind of strongly held beliefs. Um, but honestly, I'd love for you, the listeners, to decide for yourself um, where this conversation broke bad, if at all. Maybe, maybe it was maybe it was a perfectly fine conversation. Um, but I know for me, people that speak in absolutes, use extreme language and kind of carry an air of certainty can be a trigger for me. And you'll hear in the episode, uh, Elaine was, was very passionately trying to make her case for why mental health experts should be treated as authorities who can help fix our social and political issues. Well, at the same time, she kind of gave her commentary about, you know, her views. She, she's clearly liberal and, and democratic and had some strong views about conservatives and Republicans and just the, the state of, of America and democracy. And I think that approach hit on some of those triggers for me. Um, and I think that was the root of some of the some of the contentiousness we had. Um, what I found super interesting, though, about the discussion was that, you know, as, as Elaine spoke about her field and mental health and some of the tools she uses, she, she had some really insightful, important things to say that would help people better understand themselves, their emotions and kind of their psychological makeup. But at the same time, I think her emotion, her fear, her passion for the topic showcased how hard it can be to actually implement those tools, how hard it can be to actually control your emotions, stay objective and have a conversation like this. Um, so I tried to have a discussion about that. I tried to question that. I tried to probe in that and really explore and, and understand it. But either I didn't do a good job of carrying that conversation or Elaine just didn't want to be questioned in the way I was trying to question her or maybe both. Right. Um, either way, I still thought it was a really interesting conversation, even if somewhat combative at times. Um, but it was, it was, it was real. It was raw. It was authentic. It was seeing somebody being challenged and not liking being challenged. And perhaps it was seeing somebody trying to explore and understand, but not doing it in the right way, um, with the right degree of empathy and humility. Again, I'll let you guys be the judge. Um, but a big thanks to Elaine for being on and for the work she's trying to do. Uh, and with that, let's get to the episode. All right, Elaine, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you being on the show. I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, as you know, I like to dive right into it. So I will with that question of what's the value, what's the belief, what's the vision for you that's that's really important and kind of drives your life. Right. So when I saw that title, that question, um, it immediately brought to mind um, sort of a different way of looking at the question itself, right? Um, because I think that one of the things that we don't do um, in communication in society is try to make more of an effort to understand each other. Mm -hmm. And as a social worker, the social worker, um, I don't see what's called empathy as a weakness or um, that you're insinuating agreement. To me, it's a tool. That's mm -hmm. simply what it is, it's a tool to gather information, I call it being Columbo without the trench coat and the cigar, yeah. right? Um, because you can't solve a problem if you don't have more information. Yeah. And, you know, listening to some of your episodes, you know, I can tell you're groping for that. You're groping for understanding, mm -hmm. right? Um, like why do people behave this way? Um, you know, yeah, what do you do about that particular problem? How do we get past it? Right. And so the the bottom line is um, we need to do more asking questions and understanding. And, and again, that's a practical tool. I always say I'm a pragmatist. 
I'm not interested in anything that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can shame, blame, criticize, but it's only making the situation worse. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and you mentioned, um, the the Twitter uh, recording that I did uh, yeah. uh, spaces recording right, and I go into explaining why that doesn't work, mm. right? Because of how we operate, you know how how we operate neurobiolo- neurobiologically, right? In terms of why we have emotions and talking about you know uh, how emotions impact us and how that's different from reason, right? Mm. And that they're in different parts of the brain, et cetera, et cetera. So. So can I let me ask a question about that? Because as we talked about, I did have a chance in the list chance to listen to it. And I love I, I before I got into philosophy, I was much more into psychology, cognitive psychology, sociology, which I still am. And it's I love the phrase you use, groping to try and understand like groping for understanding. I, I like that because I think that's true. And so let me ask this question just to get us right out of the gate and get us where we're going. I mean, I, I think a lot of what you're speaking about is that, which which I understand. Um if people had more insight, they had more of an understanding into the psychology and, and to some extent, the biology of how we work, how we function, we'd be able to solve a lot of the issues we have today. I think one of the questions I often ask is, um, there's there, there seems to be an assumption in that, that psychology can give us the answers we need to understand about human nature. And one of the things I grapple with, the reason why I've become so attracted to philosophy is that you could make an argument that there's like a natural stopping point to psychology of how much it can explain. And you could take that quite literally to say like how the brain actually functions, right? There's so much about it that we still don't understand. But then you can go more philosophically or spiritually, wherever people want to take it to say, but even if you understood the brain and how it functions, why does it function that way? How did we get here? Why are we here? And and much like you, I I like to try and be pragmatic. I don't ask those questions just because I think they're fun kind of questions to ask at a cocktail party and let's just kind of kick it around and see where it goes. To me, it is very pragmatic. If we if we hope to understand ourselves, we need to go to the first principle. We need to go to the root and understand it at the root. And then even furthermore, if we hope to understand ourselves to get to a better world, we need to understand what does a better world actually mean? Like, how do we actually know what a better world looks like? So I guess the question I'm asking, if I had to say it simply, is like, how do you grapple with that philosophy versus psychology aspect of where psychology might have a limit? Does it give us all the understanding? Does it give us all the insights we need to function better as a society? Is that kind of where you stand on it? Yes. Okay. Um, And especially, you know, in our times, right? You know, one of the reasons that I got active is because if there was ever a time where psychology was relevant, Mm -hmm. it's now. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that you are um, delving a little more into the politics of things uh, with your reboot. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say this, that, you know, there was a book uh, written back in 2017 called the dangerous case of Donald Trump. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've heard of it or not. Uh, Um, And it was a bestseller. Um, And then um, for, I'm not going to go into the the details, but it was, um, it was shut down. Mm. Um, And, uh, and so after that, we couldn't get any of the news media to interview mental health experts, except for Mary Trump. And uh, you'll notice that if you go anywhere, and you listen, you, you don't hear from us. And when you think about it, you know, we hear from lawyers, we hear from uh, national security experts, we hear from military experts, we hear from journalists, you know, every expertise under the sun, but never, you know, people with uh, mental health expertise with 
with expertise in human behavior. And yet you keep hearing these questions being asked. Why are they acting this way? This is so irrational. What do we need to do about this? And it's like, hello, we have the answer if you would just ask us. Um, but I think for liability reasons, they're afraid to do that. Um, and so, you know, and we don't have to diagnose people. We can just talk about human nature in general, which is what I try to do to try to explain um, why we are where we are. But the part that is um, most, uh, I guess, uh, uh, I guess um, uh, frustrating as well as um, uh, hard to, to understand, right, is that clearly what we've been doing isn't working, mm. right? Um, and, and some may argue, well, you know, yeah, we're getting, things are getting better. Look, we, uh, we managed to um, hold on to the Senate and you know, almost hold, held on to the House, you know, Biden won. Um, yes, but there's been a lot of collateral damage in the process, um, and, and one of the reasons why those things have happened is because so many people have been galvanized and how have they been galvanized because they've been hurt. And so if, if it, it, yes, there's more engagement, but it's because they were hurt in the process. Mm. Um, you know, not to mention, uh, you know, so many, uh, other ways in which people were hurt. There's COVID and just, um, you know, uh, um, you know, hate crimes mm -hmm. and, and so many different, uh, you know, mental health issues, which have gone up, you know, domestic violence and suicide um, and, and our institutional, um, you know, uh, in our democratic institutions also being compromised. Right. Mm -hmm. So there, there was another way to go about this. Right. And everything that we predicted has come to pass. And so, again, you would think, wow, they really knew what they were talking about. Why don't we ask them? Nope. Nope. Still hasn't what, what happened. Is your, what is your thought on why, you know, the, the perception being that, that that mental health professionals weren't asked? Like, what do you think is underneath that from your side? Is it is it more the just old, the way it played out or do you think it's more intentional? Uh, our under, well, um, so there are a couple of articles out there from journalists who who go into detail about what happened behind the scenes as to why we got shut down or shut out. Um, so I won't go into it cause I don't want to, I don't want to spend the time doing that. Okay. I want to just educate people. But the point is that, um, you know, an answer to your question, I think particularly now, um, psychology is very relevant. And I think one of the things that happens is too, is that people compartmentalize mental health, even though they don't do this with, with physical health. Right. Take the take the uh, pandemic. Now, I want you to imagine that, um, you know, the news media decides we're going to just talk to one epidemiologist. Mm. That, that's it. That's the only epidemiologist. We're going to talk to one epidemiologist. That's it. Or um, we're going to talk to one physician, not an expert in epidemiology, um, a family physician. But we're going to rely on that one person to explain to us what's going on with COVID. That's what basically they're doing yeah. with, with what's going on um, with the extremism and the political upheaval that we're having right now, because this is all driven by emotion. And, and uh, this is, you know, if you understand psychology, 
you understand that this isn't ideological. This is human nature. Mm -hmm. um, people are behaving the way that we expect them to behave, which is why we were able to predict what would happen. Um, this is not necessarily a Republican thing. Um, you know, why is it that there was a time when I, even I couldn't imagine that we could do, repeat what is going on in Germany, right? In 1939, um, and, and the reason why it is, is because these it's human nature, right? Um, and under certain circumstances, human beings are gonna act the way human beings behave. Yeah. And so, but you need to understand the why um, in order to help facilitate people changing. Yeah. And so what I was saying you know, before, there's a difference between information and insight because what insight does is it helps people to understand, um, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, how it's not serving them, what would serve them better, mm. right? Uh, so, you know, that's the difference. Um, you cannot change people's behavior by giving them information um, and trying to reason with them. That Again, that's just human nature. This is not just Republicans. This is human nature. It's very rare that I can talk somebody into changing um, I call it, you know, I say, um, if, if information and reason were enough to change minds, people would never speed on the highway or eat junk food, yeah. right? Human nature. Yeah. We all do so, that, right? Why so do we do it? that if there's so much information and reason telling us and good reasons for not doing it? So what is it? Emotion, I think, is what you're getting at. But but lay out, I guess, kind of the, the thesis, if you will, of like, what is it that, because I, I think there's layers to this in which we could talk about, right? The current yeah, environment yeah. that we're in. And I think there's all different angles we can go into. But so I, I think we can use the current environment as the framing to have the discussion. Mm -hmm. But what is the thing? Like, is it that if people okay. better understood their emotions, then like like finish that thread? Like, what is the thing yes, that if, right. if they had asked well, you, if the media did their job the way you're saying they should have, what what's the information? What's the insights that we could have given people that would have helped? Um, well, I'll I'll share some of those with you. And then you can tell me afterwards whether you think that this would be helpful okay. about that. Okay. I like it. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, is feelings, because again, I heard you talking with other folks about feelings, mm -hmm. and and treating feelings almost as if we're at war. Mm. You know, a, a reason mind is at war with emotions, and that's not the case. Mm. Okay. Um, if I touch a hot stove, what's going to happen is I'm go. It's going to burn my hand, right? I'm going to feel pain in my hand, right? Um, if I don't eat for days, I am going to feel hungry. Um, and the reason for that is if I didn't, right, I would leave my hand there and then I would burn my hand. If I, um, if I didn't uh, feel hunger, I might starve myself to death, right? So we have these, these physical um, reactions that help to either make sure we get a need that's not being met, meet a need that's not being met, or to, um, to focus on a threat, protect ourselves from a threat. Um, and so we have emotions for the same reason, right? And you mentioned how emotions are primitive. That's right. They come from the limbic system, which is a more primitive part of the brain. Um, and, you know, again, there's a reason for that. One of the things that's important to remember about emotions is that they are what motivates us, mm. right? We aren't motivated by thought. We're motivated by emotion, Emotions are what energize us to do things, right? And then thought comes in to help us to decide how to do them, 
right? And to, and in what context to do them and how can we really, th th that's where you get the problem solving. Okay, I'm angry. Uh, what do I want to do about this? You know, what's going to serve me, you know, what's going to help me to alleviate that anger, right? That's where, um, you know, the, the um, uh, prefrontal cortex, front of the brain comes in, right? So, but we are motivated by emotion and um, anger and fear, right? Are probably two of the, the most energizing. And, and there's just a few fundamental emotions, right? Anger, fear, disgust, um, happiness. Um, and so what, what anger is in particular is it's the most energizing uh, because it's the one that's there to protect us the most. It's, uh, you know, somebody's about to hit us and we want to hit them back, right? <laughs> um, to protect ourselves. So if you think about, about that, you know, that's one of the things that we see happening right now is that, you know, people are feeling defensive and of course, you know, politicians are using uh, certain uh, uh, themes, you know, to to continue to generate anger because they want to energize their base. Um, they want to keep them angry, right? Because as long as they're angry, they're energized. Um, and so, but the thing to also remember about emotions is that they are impulsive, right? They're not based on reason. And so we just react to them. Uh, you know, same thing with fear. Fear is not as, um, you know, impulsive. It's it's more like, uh-oh, something's happening. I need to check out my surroundings. You know, I'm not going to trust just the first thing that I see or do. You know, I'm going to take a step back, right? Um, and so, um, so you've got, you know, a lot of people who are in that mode of, you know, I don't trust people, um, you know, and I'm weary and I'm going to, I'm still protecting myself, but it's a different, a different time of self-protection. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have to remember that, that feelings are the motivator. That's what motivates human beings. Right. Um, and then what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to tune into our feelings, right? So if I were to treat, um, you know, uh, the, uh, let's say physical, something physical, like touching a hot stove, the way we should treat feelings, we would go, hmm, okay, so my hand is hurting. I wonder why my hand is hurting. wonder where that's coming from. Oh, I'm touching a hot stove. Okay, so what do I wanna do to take that pain away? What, what do I need to do? You know, I, I could talk myself out of it and say, oh, you know, you're just being, you're overreacting. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Or, um, you know, you could, uh, you could just find something else to focus on. So you don't focus on the pain in your hand, right? You get the, you get the message, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? That's the way most people deal with their emotions. They, we were over-reliant on cognition, to cope with our emotions and it's self-destructive. But the reason why we do that, and again, this gets back to psychology, is because we know no other way. Hmm. We don't talk about mental health. We don't teach people how to cope with their emotions. Most people grow up in dysfunctional families um, where they don't learn this stuff. And so as a result, people don't know how to deal with their emotions and they deal with them cognitively. Hmm. They analyze, they talk themselves out of it or second guess. And 
And so as a result, um, they're not, they're, they're not listening to their emotions. Their emotions are there to try to help them. Right. And so again, you know, instead you would go, oh, my hand hurts. Uh, I guess I should, you know, move my hand away. Right. So if we did the same thing with emotions and we said, okay, I'm feeling uh, really anxious right now. And with anxiety, and it's the other thing too, feelings have different meanings. Like I know if I'm feeling anxious, I know automatically, this is what I teach my patients. That means you're feeling out of control about something. Anxiety is feeling out of control about something. And so the first thing you want to do is ask yourself, well, what am I feeling out of control about? What's going on in my life that I'm feeling out of control about? And then what's in my control? Um, you know, with anger, uh, anger is what we call the, um, the tip of the iceberg. So, and I think you kind of alluded to this is that, yeah, our, our lives are different than they were back in caveman days. Mm. Yes. But we viscerally still respond the same way. Um, I had a neuroscientist on my podcast. Um, it's more complicated than you think. And I talked about this. I said, why do we respond, you know, the same way to uh, a Monday morning meeting that we have to prepare for as we would a saber tooth tiger? <laughs> and he says, it's just because our brains haven't evolved yet to that point. And yeah. so we respond the same way, whether it's a saber tooth tiger or whether it's a Monday morning meeting. Um, and so you're still gonna get that same emotional response, but you're right, the, the threats are different. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but so people still experience this heightened anger um, and they're still gonna respond the same way to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so with anger, it's what we call the, the tip of the iceberg and underneath that, mm -hmm. right, are, are there feelings. And so anytime somebody's angry, I'm always like, okay, what's underneath that? Mm. You know, so what are you we, feeling underneath that? If we apply that to where you were before, the, the current environment that we're in, and and I, I know from, from your side and, and everybody's got their own views on this, you know, there, there's, you could, it really could be either side, I would say, either extremes on either side, whether it be conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, is the idea that people that are, well, let me not put words in your mouth, but I guess let me give you a prompt here. Is it that most people today that are caught up in kind of the political, social war that's going on don't have this information um, or they do have this information, they just don't know how to do anything about it? Like, is that kind of the idea that if people, if we could teach people certain things, they wouldn't react the way we see them reacting in society? Is that kind of where you're going? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I mean, really, if you think about it, right, if people have insight, problem solving skills and coping skills, that's the way to change society, right? Because you can never make enough laws, right? Mm -hmm. You can never remove enough threats. But what you can do is you can empower people to make good decisions and to know how to adapt to different situations. Uh, one of my, I have different mantras, I say, we don't have a crystal ball to see into the future, but what we can have is a toolbox full of coping skills to take with us wherever we go. Mm. And that is how you gain control of your environment. Mm. It's not by predicting every possible outcome and controlling every variable because we can't. Mm -hmm. It's by arming yourself with the the skills right insight problem solving emotional coping uh cognitive coping whatever right um to to um 
to get through whatever life brings your way. It doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable, but you will get through it and you'll make good decisions. The more right. tools you have in your toolbox, you know, the better off you are. Yeah. So, um, I and think so uh, let me go back to, um, though your question about, you know, if we had more mm -hmm. understanding, um, because um, we we um, we can, we can't say that everybody has the same reasons, right? Why they're angry or why they're afraid, right? Um, and so, but it's about making helping them to to find those answers, right? To to answer for themselves mm. and. One of the things that we know um, is that most people are born or uh, grow up in, in dysfunctional families. There's a lot of people out there who've experienced trauma in their upbringing, a lot more than you might imagine. It's, it's very common. And so we have to take those things into account in terms of how people respond, right? Mm -hmm. On a number of different levels, we know that, that trauma impacts brain development. Um, and so that's going to impact how people respond. Um, and we know that obviously it's going to limit, uh, it's probably going to heighten their, um, their, their uh, sensitivity, right? Um, they're going to be hypervigilant or they're going to respond probably in a more knee-jerk kind of way. Um, they're going to be triggered by things that they're not even aware they're feeling. Mm. Um, one of the, the examples that, that I like to use is, you know, if I take a pitcher and I pour in orange juice and soda and coffee, when I go to pour out the orange juice, the soda and the coffee are going to come with it, right? And so that's how emotions work, right? Um, and so when somebody's responding to something that triggers them emotionally, whether it's anger or fear, right? They're not just responding to that moment, but all the other stored fears and um, anger that are related or similar to that situation is going to come out with it. And that's why we see people like, wow, God, why, why are they so angry? Or they're responding in such a visceral way. You know, I, I could, um, you know, we could only begin to imagine it, each one of those people that seem so mean and, 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 and violent and hurtful. I mean, if you get them one-on-one -on -one and find out their stories, right. I was in the army. Right. And so I, interviewed soldiers and, mm. and helped them with anger management, right? And, you know, every single one of them, you know, had a story like that. So mm. it's, you know, it's about understanding um, and helping them. That's the more important thing is helping mm. them to understand. Um, and we're not going to be able to do, you know, obviously one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy <laughs> with every single person, but what we can do is facilitate that thought process and get them to recognize that, okay, you're angry, right? Um, you know that, you know how anger works? This is how anger works. Um, there's other feelings underneath. And usually those feelings come from your childhood. And if you think back to your own childhood, what feelings come up for you? And if we presented this to people, you know, on a grand scale, and started to get them thinking about it. And of course, I'm just, that's just one little piece of it. And I'll also say that, you know, I'm not 
you know, the expert on like violence and um, collective psychosis. Uh, the editor of the book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, uh, Dr. Ba Bandy Lee, um, she is a, a forensic psychiatrist, and that is her expertise, which is why she knew even before Trump uh, got elected that he was dangerous and the what we call the Trump contagion, how contagious um, that kind of irrational behavior can be, which is exactly what happened. Right. And so she could speak to that and, and as well and how so to address that. Let me ask, let me, let me do the thing I do here where I, I ask questions to try and press on this, you know, a sure. challenge to try Please and understand do. it. So there's, there's an irony in this. And I say this in the spirit of what I just said, not, not, not to be provocative, but in the spirit of it, where somebody listening could be hearing it and saying like, I, I hear you, I get it. There's, there's some science and some psychology around this. And as, as you mentioned a few times, like people in that community, the mental health psychological community have been looking at this and predicting it and saying, this is what's going to happen. And there's, there's almost like a, a degree of authority to that to say like, Hey, just listen, we, we, we understand this. We can figure it out. We can help. There's somebody that can look at it and be like, well, if you understood it so well, why, why is it happening the way, like, there's a limitation of it that says, well, the media kind of blackballed it, arguably, right? Or, or certain things happen or people just aren't, people aren't getting the message. I say, let's put it in the simplest form. For whatever reason, there's all different limitations. People aren't getting the information that you're saying is critical for them to get that would put us in a better position, make this a better world. Right. How come the same predictions that are able to identify problems that we have today aren't able to understand human nature in a way that allows us to overcome that issue. Like, why is it such a challenge? If this information is as useful- Because we live in a society yeah. that stigmatizes mental health and dismisses its relevance, well, right? Let's, let's assume I mean, that's let's true. think before, about this, right? Let, if somebody second, has- Before you, before you go forward on that, okay. before you go forward on that, because I, I, I want to go down that thread and I think it's right, but I want to make sure we're doing it at the right level, right? Because okay. at the level of society is stigmatizing it, which may very well be the answer. And- they're not allowing us to teach it. That's kind of the spirit of the question I'm asking. Like, if if this if if this knowledge, if these insights are so powerful, why can society overwhelm them? Like, why is society able to stop? Like, in some ways, you and and people in those professions, and I say this again, somewhat intentionally provocatively, because we're exploring, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. There's like a magic. There's like a wizardry to it where. It, you should have a leg up on other people and understand human nature in such a way where you can, for lack of a better word, manipulate society to get them the information they need. Why is why have the powers that be been able to manipulate human nature in a way in which you can't seem to overcome? You know what I mean? Like, it, right. I'm trying to understand okay. where the so limits of this information not, knowledge are. Yeah, right. yeah. You have to understand that this is generational. Right? Okay. Um, you know, let me go back, first of all. Um, language itself has only came about um, like three generations, like 150 uh, years ago, 150,000 years ago, I'm sorry. Okay. And, and sounds, we've been more alive right. yeah. for like millions, right? Um, and and so we haven't even had language for that long a period of time. Okay. Um, and, and then the idea of psychology obviously mm -hmm. didn't come around until the turn of the 19th century, right, with, with Freud. Um, and, and so we're still evolving in terms of accepting this idea that there even is psychology, right? Um, and so this isn't just about teaching people, but this is about, uh, it has to, it's not ingrained in our culture, mm. right? Um, 
And so, uh, but, but why if, can't why can't the knowledge of and again I ask this genuinely, not in any right, way right. the witness. Why can't the knowledge that we now have established of the human mind, psychology, mental health, etc., allow us to do it more effectively, right? And, and even take whoever it is, right? You could pick somebody in an extreme position of power who maybe has the ability to drive some of these changes to get it more ingrained into the culture, mm -hmm. or even on an individual basis as, as people like, in some ways, um, that hurdle of culture that or, or, or human nature that stops us from getting there the things you know should be able to navigate those things and get people to convince. Like in some ways, if the if the knowledge you have, the insights you have are, are as powerful as we say, there shouldn't be a person on this world that you can interact with that you can't convince that this is a better way to live. Is that a fair statement? Okay. So one of the things that I, I say um, about change is that information and reason are not enough to change behavior. Mm. It takes insight, mm -hmm. um, the ability to problem solve and the ability, mm. and then coping skills, right? Mm. To carry out whatever strategies you come up with, right? So I call insight the seed for change, right? And so that means that I have to get the other person to do the thinking, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I can't say to you um, alone, uh, and we know this, right? Let's, let's take vaccine, for example. Sure. We present all this great information about why the vaccine is, is useful and it works and we can find all this data. Why didn't it work? And people uh, attributed that to politics. It wasn't about politics, it was about human nature. Because I could say to the same people who are pro-vaccine, the, the example I gave earlier, so, okay, you're pro-vaccine. Well, have you ever sped on the highway? Because that endangers your life and the people around you, mm. right? This is just about human nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so we all have feelings and we all behave, you know, how we act on them depends on, you know, our upbringing, whatever innate personality traits we have, right? It's a mixture of things. And so I can't say, you know, here's this cookie cutter solution, you know, psychological, you know, uh, approach that's going to work, mm. right? Um, and in fact, uh, what we know about uh, psychotherapy is, is that it isn't the modality that determines success, it's the relationship mm. Mm. that determines success. So that's why I say what we have to do is we have to empower people with the insight to say, you know, I know that the reason we have feelings is because they're there to help us to make good decisions. And I know that I will have multiple feelings at any given time because I have multiple needs at any given time. And that the only way to make a good decision is to take into consideration the various feelings that I have about that situation, mm. right? And then and find a balance instead of coming up with a solution first, right? And saying, should I do it this way or should I do it that way, mm. Mm. right? We have to identify the underlying need first. And that's what's missing. Every single one of these people who's angry, there's underlying needs, need for belonging, need for control, um, you know, uh, need uh, to feel productive, mm -hmm. right? Whatever, right? We all have the same emotions. We all have the same needs. That's where human nature starts. How we cope with them, right? 
our level of insight uh, ha has to do with a combination of, you know, um, nature, nurture, mm -hmm. right? And so if I can give people an understanding of themselves, right, of how, you know, human beings operate, right, then they can apply that. And so, mm -hmm. um, and, and you, you, I know you listened to the first that, that Twitter yeah. recording, so you heard this already. But a wonderful example um, is uh, Christian Picciolini, who was a former neo-Nazi. He was head of a neo-Nazi group. He played on two like white nationalist punk bands, right? He was all into it. He recruited other neo-Nazis, right? Until one day it sort of snapped, you know, what am I doing? Right. And then he devoted um, his life to converting other people, other you know, white nationalists, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that he will tell you is that what motivated these young white men was not ideology, wasn't about racism or bigotry or whatever, right? It was about belonging. That's how he brought them in. That's how he recruited them, mm -hmm. right? And I know it sounds very, you know, touchy-feely, frou-frou, right? Um, but let, let me... You know, it, again, if you understand human beings, you wouldn't see it that way. And what's interesting, too, is because I listen, you know, a lot to I follow politics. I listen a lot mm -hmm. to news and you hear so many people who are much more cynical than I am in politics. And they go, you know, we have to improve communication. You know, people have to start caring about each other and learning and da, 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 da. you know, we know that. Um, and, and again, if we understand the brain, we also know that the brain is dependent upon connection to avoid atrophy because the more when we're in person right we're using more parts of our brain than you know if we're uh even on the, uh, even on the screen right because there's there's spatial recognition there's smell there's touch touch is extremely important to the brain yeah. right um and and so the the less of the brain that's being used right those parts of the brains aren't being activated. They're not using and then they atrophy. And so we, the brain needs connection in order to function. And so we can put that as a, you know, COVID, we can add that to the list of things that are probably playing a role here. And people need to understand that because otherwise what's going to happen. I'll give you a, a, another example. So I have, um, I've been diagnosed with uh, depression. I have depression. Mm -hmm. And for years I did therapy. And then I reached a point where I'm like, you know, I'm plateauing here. Um, you know, I'm going in circles. And that's when the therapist suggested, well, you could try medication. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I remember um, like a week into trying the medication all of a sudden, the things that used to cause stress, right, that I, I, and, uh, and it would make me feel overwhelmed, no longer felt that way. And all I did was take a pill, right? And we can go into the values of mm -hmm. medication and we won't. But the point being that I didn't do anything differently, right? Um, and, and so what happens is, is that people make assumptions as to why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Plus, if we go back to solutions, 
And because people don't get in touch with their feelings and identifying the underlying needs, they pick out of their environment what they think is the solution, right? It could be alcohol. It could be chocolate cake. It could be, you know, bigotry, right? It could be extremism. These are all what I call feelings in search of solutions, right? They're just maladaptive solutions. Mm. Um, and, and in fact, you know, people talk about how, how hurtful they are, right, to everybody else. But if you think about it, um, this is self-destructive, right? Even for them, right? It's self-destructive because they ignore science, they ignore, um, you know, environmentalism, right? There's no, there's nothing political about that. They're ignoring science, they ignore vaccines, right? Um, so that just tells you that this is emotional. This is a solution you, that they have latched onto, do you worry but they don't recognize that it's not serving them. Do you, so I think there's an interesting, so firstly, I, I think what you're saying is, is super interesting and super important. I, I think it very much, it, 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 I personally, from like a philosophical perspective, am, am very much like a fan of like the Socratic approach, which is like, you should constantly be questioning if you're trying to understand, which I think in many ways aligns to what you're saying. Yours is obviously very much geared around like the psychology, the brain, the mind, human nature, et cetera. So I think there's so much value in that. I, I think the reason I'm asking the questions I'm asking is that it's, one, it's it's arguably our, our knowledge of human nature is is almost inherently by definition incomplete because we, we don't understand the mind completely yet. We don't understand everything. So although we don't often like to admit it, and, and most really good scientists will admit this, science at its best is just really educated guesses, right? It's, it's testing, it's proving, but there's never- Not, a not all solution. of it. I mean, because they do, you know, brain scans and they they sure, studies. But, but even, they know how the neurons work. And, well, it's a beautiful. Yes, but I, a, yeah, of course, science is always growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and well, it's a beautiful. We have more information now than we did at one time. Sure, but, definitely more okay. information now. But even when we're looking at brain scans and neurons, there's always like you can continue to ask questions and understanding of it, and it hits a wall. It hits a limit where like I don't know why that neuron does that. I don't know what's going on in that mm -hmm. area of the brain that's too complex right. for us to understand. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's there's that aspect of it that makes it that makes it really hard. And then I think even okay, but you're also fixating just on science, right? That's and, fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so there's psychotherapy. You know what? And this is this is um a frustration. Well, let, me, let me finish the question well, first, Elaine, because I okay. think it's relevant to what you're about to say. Because I, I sense like a strong passion in you for this, understandably so, right? And it's interesting because there's like the passion for it, and it seems to be, and this is an open question to you, like paired with um maybe for lack of a better word like a fear of what you see in the world today of like the political situation the societal situation and i don't know you from before this conversation mm -hmm. but just through this conversation it seems to be you have points of view right i would i would assume you're liberal based on the conversation um the things about what certain republicans mm -hmm. do being bad i'm right? a social worker about, so it yeah exactly take, right? right rocket science the, the vaccine the, all the different things the reason people believe right. what they believe all these different right. things but do you, do you yes, worry I'm also at all? rational. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask. There, there isn't, I personally believe we can't be certain about anything. The way in which you're speaking, and I'm not doing, I'm not saying this to knock you, I'm saying it to explore it. There's a, there's a great yeah. deal of confidence in what you're saying that like, when yes. these people did this, that was bad. This was dangerous. <laughs> the science was clear. People didn't follow it. I'm not right. looking to get into that debate about it, although it's certainly an interesting debate to have, but to me, it's more representative of the challenge of human nature, right? Like 
even you yes. who are so well versed in this, and maybe you're right to be so. So give me that answer if it's the case. But even you who are so well versed in this, you're drawing conclusions in your mind. You're making assumptions and judgments about people. What conclusions do you think I'm drawing? Well, I, I think just what we're talking about. And I'm not judging the conclusions per se. No, tell me, give me an are. example of where um, you I think, think I'm drawing the, the science the is so clear about certain things. Therefore, people should have done X, right? And maybe he was talking like about the vaccines. Like what? I need um, to be specific. Well, you said it, right? You said a lot of things. But I think in the conversation where you're talking about vaccines as an example, right? Like the science is so clear that the, that the vaccines work and everybody, I don't know if you said everybody should get them. So maybe give me the view on it. Um I was trying to explain their, why people reacted to the vaccine the way that they did. Okay, right? fair, fair and, enough. And talking about, I'm not saying myself making the argument that the, the, the vaccine. Sure. It, you know, I'm saying that this is what other people were saying, right. right? And the point that I was trying to make is they were trying to use information and reason to get people to to use to take the vaccine. Sure. And my point is that that's not how human beings. Well, let, work. let me ask the question. Don't directly. influence people that way. Let me ask the question directly. Like when it comes to politics, we've just been talking politics. So I'll just use that. And this is in no way me trying yeah. to say like your political views are wrong by any means. It's more trying to understand human nature. Is there a political view that you have? Maybe it's about the vaccine. Maybe it's about Trump. Maybe it's about anything where you'd say like, this is the right view and other people have it wrong. No, there wouldn't be that. Okay. All right. So, so, so maybe, this is yeah. the way that this is the way that I operate. Um, yeah. I always say I don't give people advice. Okay. I empower them to make their own decisions. Okay. That's the point. Everybody has different needs, right? Different experiences. Sure. And so this is about empowering them to make their own decisions, healthy decisions, what's in their right so best interest. And how do I know what's in the, how do we know what's in their best interest? Sure. Um, this is this is where I come from, right? I believe that we are innately, uh, we are uh, innately, uh, you know, capable of making good decisions. If there's an assumption, that's my assumption. Um, we are uh, we are innately capable if we tune in to our emotions. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, we tune into you know all of our emotions that we have about that particular situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then we we problem solve and, uh, you know, what, what do I want to do about that? What's in my mm -hmm. control? Mm -hmm. And then we have coping skills, right? Um, why we don't do that, um, that's a, that's a qu good question. Um, I can only go by what, um, you know, what I know at this point. Uh, which is to say that, you know, again, we've, we are, our environment has evolved a lot quicker than our brains have. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so we're presented with a lot of different choices and threats and et cetera. Right. Um, and so, so there's that. Um, and again, like I said before, um, we do not take psychology seriously right people don't learn about this stuff well um, and, and when i say psychology right? yeah. when i say mental health keep in mind that this is a world that is so complex right that you couldn't begin to imagine it no offense but and this is the this no is the frustration right mm -hmm. um but, but wait, can i stop you for a yeah. second because that's yeah. what i'm that 
that like the reason I'm asking this is because I think it's a beautiful use case for us to explore, even for yourself, somebody mm -hmm. who is so well versed. What does it look like? Because even that statement about um, there, people aren't learning about psychology, it's it's a it's a it's a tough statement because. On the one hand, I, I get what you're saying, I think. I, I don't have that information. I don't know. Also, not only are they not learning about psychology, but we already know, we can, we've watched it, right? That our society is imploding. We well, have they, teen I, suicide I, I'm going sorry, up, I'm so right? sorry to keep cutting you off, but I have to, because as you keep jumping in with that, it's it's kind of making me think of what, like, Okay. We already the the state. So let me just maybe I'm not at, I'm not understanding what it is. Yeah, that maybe. You're trying maybe to get let at. me finish. Let me finish the thought and, and maybe hear it and then see if you understand what I'm going with it. So before and again, well, let me just say it and then we'll explore it. Before you know the the speak of politics and and Trump and how dangerous Trump is and we knew that and this was going to be bad, right? So that, there's that kind of categorization. There's nobody's talking about psychology. We're not talking about it enough. We should be talking about it more, right? Um, then there's this. You know, we're imploding as a society. From the world I live in, which I'm not saying is the right world by any means, those are all um, statements of of certainty, of, of extreme, right? The world is imploding. They're not talking about psychology at all. I'm, I know this is how humans speak, so I'm not I'm not trying to play like semantic games here. What I can I'm, I just when you say, let me clarify here. Sure, sure. When you say that those are statements, okay, okay. So are you saying that those are not facts? I'm saying those. Are impossible. That's, like, to be for bad. example, mental health issues have gotten worse. Well, that's a different um, statement, right? The, statement, the has... statements that you're making at times, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this to nitpick you. The statements you're making are nobody's talking about psychology. There's only one person they spoke to in the media about psychology, about mental health, or the world that's is true. imploding. Though I'm saying those statements are not facts because you, okay. you inevitably have not. I'm, I am characterizing. So, right. for so the, the reason I say that, again, isn't to nitpick and be like, right. ooh, you got that wrong. The right. reason I say that is I think this is an illustration of human nature at play, right? Absolutely. Asking Absolutely. an open question to you, because it's an example of how hard this can be. Even for you who knows this so well, likely mm -hmm. the cause of those statements and your feelings and the emotion mm -hmm. that I would argue is underneath those statements of the world right. is imploding or Trump is dangerous or they're not talking about psychology at all. There's emotion underneath underneath that. Are you worried at all that even you, who's an expert on this, don't have the ability to understand those emotions at a level so that you can look at things completely objectively and know that you are making those better decisions, if that question makes sense? Like, mm -hmm. do those sentiments, the emotional charge and some of the things we've right. talked about in this conversation, do okay. they give you cause for concern so, that, like, it's okay. hard for me so to let me, let me make yeah, sure yeah. I understand the question. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. going to do empathic listening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what, what I hear you saying is that you are wondering if my own frustration and fear sure. are influencing what I believe is the solution to the problem. I would actually say it as are your emotions, fear, frustration, et cetera, illustrating how the technique that you're promoting is super hard and maybe doesn't even work because it's to get those emotions out of there completely. Even if you are an expert on the topic, they are so sneaky. <laughs> it is so subdued and like ingrained in how we function that it's, it's almost impossible to do it. So that's kind of where I'm going with it. It is like, right. what hope do we have? If the evidence is like these emotions, like we cannot get around right. them. They dictate and drive what we do in all ways well, beyond their own I, control. 
Okay, so let me make sure I understand now. Sure. And I get totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what you're saying is that, you know, these are techniques that maybe might work one-on-one or with a family. They're very nuanced, right? They're very nuanced. Um, and can they work um, uh, broadly, like t- towards well, no, society? Well, no, let me individualize it for you. Do you think they're working for you? What do you mean? Me you take- personally? As yeah, a person? Personally. Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. And how come? I'm still a human being. Definitely still a human being. Yeah, yeah. But how come, yeah. like, what do you think is different from you and the hypothetical person we've been talking about in this conversation who, let's just say they are a Republican Trump supporter who is angry and all the things we talked about before? What's the okay. difference in, in the approach that you're taking okay. and how it's so, working for you versus for them? Make sure I understand this, right? Yeah. Okay. So if I'm, you know, if I'm so, you know, if I'm so uh, psychologically, um, you know, uh, what's the word, insightful, right? Or or, I have all these skills, right? Whatever. Um, How am I reacting to all this? How do I know that I'm handling any better than other people? Yep, that's exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. We get there eventually, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah. No, that's not at all what I thought you were asking. Okay, so that's good, okay. Um, So, of course, what you're asking me is a very... I mean, I can't go into all of the, I, I, I would have to rummage through my toolbox and explain to you all of the skills that I have, okay? We're talking about intuition, problem solving and coping skills, right? But I'll give you an example. Let me, maybe, maybe this will help sure. um, because I can't, I mean, I can't, I, you could you could come up with, okay, yeah, it works there, but how do I know it's well, still here? Well, I'm looking here? more at the the results okay, of so, your life. So let me give you living. an example, because what I'm talking about, if I were to analogize it, okay, um, what I would say is it's like a hiker, right? Going on a hike, right? Um, and and who's likely to do best, right? Somebody goes to that hike without bringing any supplies along with them and no map or compass or anything, and somebody that has all of these, they brought everything with them, the clothing and tent and protection and compass and whatever they need, you know, the right shoes. I always say it's the difference between walking out of your house in a t-shirt and shorts and, and flip-flops versus walking out with all of the things you could possibly need to go on a hike, okay? You're both going on the same hike, but the person that has come prepared, right? is going to handle themselves a lot better. And the one who doesn't, the best they could hope for is surviving, getting through it, survival, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so let to... me let me go back to an example, right? Okay, so yesterday um, I was on Twitter and um, there was another, another uh, per- person, what are they, tw- a tweeter? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Um, he is a he's a, a gay American male. Okay. okay. And um he was um talking about the what was what's going on in Florida and and the don't say gay bills and the trans and transvestite uh you know bans yep. and stuff like that, right? With children and and so he was just making this argument like he was talking to someone on the other side. Okay. Right. And, you know, and saying, you know, th- this 
oh yeah, what's the likelihood that this child is gonna, you know, meet a, a somebody who's a, a trans by transvestite or transsexual, or whatever, and they're gonna become one themselves just because they go to this library mm-hmm. and they listen to them read my story, right? And so what I responded with was, you know, basically like this is not if you're trying to change people's minds you know, obviously that's not going to work, right? You're arguing with somebody. Um, It's irrational. This is what's going on in our country. People are arguing with each other, Mm -hmm. even though over and over and over again, the the circumstances have proven that arguing doesn't work, right? Um, And so to, to us, that's irrational to keep arguing with people that clearly are not going to respond to to arguing. Um, and so I made some sort of comment to that effect. And he responded back, um, you know, you have no idea what I've been through in my life. And, um, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I can make my own decisions. I'm free to make my own decisions. Um, you know, and you, you know, and I'm damn well, you know, know what I, you know, I'm doing Mm -hmm. and something along the lines of, you know, and I'm damn well, you know, knowing, you know, you'd have no right to talk to me this way or whatever. And, but I could give you some tips about how to talk to somebody, you know, who's, who's gay. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So how would you respond to that? I mean, the, 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 the snarky, but truthful, but honest, I probably wouldn't be on Twitter talking to somebody like that because I just- That's beside the point. Well, it is, but it isn't. Back to your hikers No, it's not. It's, you have that situation. Now, given that situation, because that's what life does, right? Life presents you with unpredictable situations, okay? This is an unpredictable situation for you. You know, don't go on Twitter. So you can't use that as an excuse, right? It's relevant to but I you With the tools that you have, how would you respond to that? I would probably ask a question, something like, um, hey, help, help me understand, uh, take me deeper on your response. Help me understand why you think what I said, I mean, obviously I don't have all the information, but help me understand why you think what I said was offensive. Help me understand the tips you think I need um, because I kind of come from a perspective that none of us really have this thing figured out. So none of us should be speaking declaratively about any of it. We should be trying to figure it out and understand each other, um, probably mm-hmm. something in that vein. Okay, that's actually quite a good response, mm. right? Would you um, go? With? Huh? Would you go with? Okay. Well, um, so I yes, that is a very good response, and I'm going to say that that would have been, I think, an equally good response to how I responded. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but what I did was, um, so the first thing is, uh, as a human being because you asked me how I cope, right? Yep, yep, yep. As a human being, my first response is, I think most people's, is to be wounded, Sure. right? Right. To be either offended or to feel like, oh my God, you know, this person thinks that I'm a bad person or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, they're, they're, you know, I insulted them or, or, you know, this, they had this image of me, right? Or I made them angry. All of that stuff can get triggered, right? And how somebody responds to that mm-hmm. right there, right there, mm-hmm. right? is huge and a lot of people are going to respond to that on an emotional level and they're going to say something like that's not not what i meant or they try to explain themselves um or they say well you know i i know a lot of gay people and Mm -hmm. right that's the way most people respond and that's my point okay 
this is how I responded. I listened to the emotion after, you know, oh, ow, ouch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, my first response is like, hey, you know, you're, you're misunderstanding me or, you, you know, I could have done the same thing back, snarky, sure. okay? But what I know is that this person did not mean to hurt me, hurt my oh. feelings. This is a defense mechanism. This is the way human beings operate, right? Most of the time, they are not interested in hurting you. They're mm-hmm. interested in protecting themselves. And in the process, they hurt other people, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not I'll say most of the time, sure, sure, right? Sure. I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who have malicious intent. Of course there are, sure. but, but most of us, that's the case, right? And so, and most of people want to be heard. And bottom line is I'm a pragmatist. I do what works. Um, and I know that arguing and trying to talk this person out of their feelings and explain myself won't work. Because mm. I, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I know what doesn't work and I know what does work. And so what I said to him is, um, actually I can try to pull it up if I can remember, mm. but um, something to the effect of, um, I hear what you're saying, right? Uh, I know I can only imagine what you've been through, because I'm not gay. So I'm not going to try to say, I know how you feel. I can only imagine what you've been through. And then I also tried to humanize myself. So I said, I'm Jewish. My Polish grandfather lost his entire family to the Holocaust. And I pointed out, I said, though, this is not, I'm not saying this is the same thing, right? you know, um, I'm Jewish. And so, you know, I'm also feeling attacked, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> By what's going on around me, right? There's a lot of anti-Semites right there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I say, I'm sorry if, um, you know, if, if I led you to think that I was trying to tell you what to do, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, And that's what I call perception and intent, because that's a mistake that most people make. They make assumptions that the way that they're receiving something is the way the other person intended it. And that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so I didn't try to explain myself because I knew if I tried to explain myself, it would just sound dismissive of the other person's feelings. Mm -hmm. So I tell people, don't ever try to explain yourself. Just acknowledge their feelings, right? So I'm sorry I came across that way. That's empathy. Mm. Doesn't matter what you intended. It's how it made them feel in Mm. that particular moment, right? In that particular response. And then um, um, I'm trying to think if I said anything else about that. Um, Um. Let's just say that was, I think there yeah, was something else, yeah. but I can't think about what it is at the time. Well, and then I went back to look at his um, his um, page and I noticed that he said he, he's a cat lover and I have four cats. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, even before I responded to that, he came back, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, da, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Because so- I treated him, I didn't go by how he acted on his emotions i i focused on the emotion itself mm. and the way i know people act on their emotions yeah. 
Um, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be able, we're going to be able to make everybody sure. into psychotherapists, right? But I don't, I know I don't have to. I mean, remember, I do this work and not just one-on-one. I, I've done it in, yeah. you know, in, in organizational settings, right? But there's enough information that we can help people, you know, to understand, to empower them with. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have done these kinds of talks, right? These kinds of guest appearances where people are like, oh my God, I'm just blown away. I need to have you back on. It's like, nobody is talking about yeah, this I, What I worry about with that, and this is, let me say this as we come towards the but, end. But let me, look, before yep. you do that, before yep. you respond to that, yep. I want you to respond to what I think, what I just said. Does yep. that answer your question? Um, it, it Nothing ever fully answers my question. You'll get that idea from me, but- what I was going to respond to was that it was exactly that. So um, we, we, what you just said about um, when people hear that on a show, they say, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I want you back. Firstly, let me say this. I think the work you're doing and the things you're talking about are unbelievably important. Right. Exactly what I said. And the before. reason I say that is not to toot my own horn. No, no, no I know. To I know. demonstrate that this is there's it's a important. lack. Without a doubt. A lack um, of information out there. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I think it's super important. I think mental health is important. I think people mm -hmm. should be understanding that. I don't think there should and, be. A let me say one other thing. I okay. don't pretend to be the end all be all answer okay. in terms of representing mental health either. Sure. Right. Okay. Sure. So this is my I, I think experience. All those, I have yeah, yeah, something yeah, to sure. add, but I don't think this is the end all be all. There's other lots sure. of other mental health experts out there. Without a doubt, right? So, but it's good. It's the right things we should be talking about. That that's the headline of this for me. Okay. Because of that, because it's so important, I think it's critical that we understand it as best we can and we understand what is the pragmatic use of it, right? So to what you said about people saying, like, come back on the show, I love it. That is, I would argue, those are the right things to be saying. What I often worry about for myself as much as anybody is how superficial is that statement, right? Like, are you actually going to change your life because of that? Do you actually understand how unbelievably hard it is to actually employ these strategies, right? And that brings me back to the question I asked before, which you just asked, right? Like for you, does it work? Is that the proof point? And, and you gave the analogy of the hiker, right? Um, where if somebody's going out on a hike and one person's super prepared, the other's not, who's going to turn out better? And I think the only way you can answer that question is to say, well, what does it mean to turn out better? I think in the hike, it means make it back alive from the hike. <laughs> That's really no, okay. not just okay. I well, mean, just you for, can thrive. You can thrive okay, in that situation. Enough. For simple terms, though, we have to define what does it mean to be successful in that hike. And I think that there is a reasonable argument. The to hike. Make. Okay. Well, there's I a think you're, I think you're taking an analogy, and you're. Well, let me finish it though, because I think sometimes, okay. and this is this is part of it too. And I say this with love, completely. You do jump uh, in a lot, and I think it's tough for you to hear exactly what I'm saying because you're constantly no, coming in with the okay. next thing. And I don't say that as, I do that too. So, but let me finish the point. Let me just say it. <laughs> um, you use the analogy of the hike to say your skills, which you have make you better prepared than somebody that isn't have all the psychological behavioral understanding, right? But at the end of the day, you are still on Twitter discussing social issues with people. Some people can mm -hmm. look at that and say, it looks like you ended in the same place in that hike, right? There's other people on Twitter <clears throat> arguing, discussing social issues. You were also on Twitter discussing social issues. I'm not passing judgment on that. What no. I'm saying is that's proof of how hard this is, right? Oh, I don't doubt it. It's proof of the fact that we all are blind to things that we don't realize, right? It seems so clear, right? We come into a conversation and say, this is the information. If people just had this information, the world would be so much better. 
what does it look like for that to be better? Well, they wouldn't be just arguing with each other so much. And, you know, social media is a big issue of it. For you to also be on there talking politics, somebody could look at that and say, like, I'm not sure you're getting to the right place in that hike. Now, who are they to say? Who am I to say? Who's anybody to say? Okay, so what is your question? <laughs> I guess my point is, I, I would be cautious to believe with such certainty that the information that 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 is had within psychology, mental health professions, which you have, is as all-encompassing and conclusive as we're saying it is, right? And I don't say that in a mean way. I say that for myself, for okay. you, for everybody. So what would you suggest instead? Well, the very simple thing, and we're, we're towards the end of time here. I, I would ask you the question. I would love to ask you some questions around this of like, why are you on Twitter talking about politics and social issues? Do you feel like good is going to come of that? So you didn't answer my question. I don't know even know um, where so we the, are. The, the, the issue that I'm having, the issue that I'm having right now is that I use an example and you focus on that example and pick that example apart. Yeah, it's yeah, It's an yeah. example. It's an analogy. But I need to be real. It needs to be tangible. And, I need, well, there, I can't, I have this You're trying to, you're trying to simplify something that is so. Hold on one second. I have this I have this theory that most of us live in an illusion, right? And and my fear is always that's why I do this show because I think I live in an illusion and I'm trying to understand it. So I don't mean this to come off like I know better or I'm smarter or anything like that. But when somebody says like I have this information and if other people had this information the world would be better. My first reaction is Okay, well let's stop let's stop right there. Let's okay. stop right there. Okay? Okay. okay. Yes, absolutely. 100% there's no doubt in my mind because what we're saying is that, that this is the difference between mental health and not having mental health. Are you saying that mental health um, experts don't offer anything? No, you know I didn't say that, right? Because what did I say before? I said no, the headline hold on, is- hold on, hold on. Yes. Okay. okay, so now you know how I feel because you are taking and you're taking a statement and you're generalizing it. But that's what, what I'm trying to clarify. I'm sorry? That, hold on. Okay. okay. That's what I'm trying. You're, this is the, what's the choice that we have? We either have don't bother nope. because it's not going to help at all nope. or, you know, do the best that you can try the best that you can. That's what we're all trying to do. You, you know, I remember you, you interviewing with the, the musician and you're trying to say, well, what's, how do we know? How do we know? We don't know. We don't know, but we try our best. Right. Sure. And so if the, if the two choices are, do it or don't do it, what would you have me do? I would have you do it with a lot less conviction and certainty. I would okay. have you do it in a way okay. in which- let me, let me stop on that, okay? Okay. I am talking to you. This is sure. a podcast. Sure. If you think I sit in a session with my patients and talk to well, them the way I'm talking to this, you- though, but I don't or the care way about I, that. I care but about- But you're saying I use a lot of conviction. Yeah, yeah. In this okay? conversation, just in this conversation. Just in this conversation. Well, I'm, I'm using conviction because if you're making the assumption that the way I'm talking to you is the way that I would present this material. No, out no, no. I'm public, not making that assumption at all. No, I'm not making that assumption. Okay. I'm making. So I'm what making did you mean by I'm talking? What did I'm you saying mean in by this I'm literal conversation, there's yes. a lot of conviction and certainty and to some degree, like absolute statements in it. And that's what I'm getting to with the point of the illusion. I think. Perhaps you are approaching this in a way which is like, I'm saying certain words, but don't worry about those words. Like, I, I actually mean this and I'm saying, no, 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 but let's let's get to the truth of it. What is it actually? Do you actually believe that the information you have could fundamentally change the world? 
Do you actually believe that the world is literally imploding? Okay, so That's hold on a second. Hold yeah. on a second. Yeah. If the if the criteria has changed the world, of course I'm not going to guarantee that. Okay. This is about nobody is talking about this. But that right there. That's it. Nobody's okay. talking about this. That's not true. Plenty of people are talking about mental health. I could go online right now on Spotify or Google okay. and Google mental health conversations in the media and find countless in ones. In terms of politics, in terms okay. of politics, okay? And yes, I'm, yes, there, sure, there are people in the peripheries who are talking about this, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, you know, and, and think about this. I mean, uh, climate change, gun control. Sure. I mean, they run into the same problems, right? With people. But I think um, the problem so is- go, no, hold, hold on a second, hold on a second. Okay. Okay. So I'm not trying to change the world, okay. but I do believe, not only do I believe, I know from my experience and talking to other, this is the profession as a whole, that we do have something to offer. Of course. And I, and this is the problem is I think that a lot of people don't think that we have something to offer in terms of what's going on socially, socio-politically, right? You think, okay, that's good for the consulting room and that's good for helping out with, you know, diagnosis, psychiatric diagnosis and things like that. But but you don't have anything to offer as far as what's going on politically, mm. right? I think that's maybe where there's mm. the, right. the, the, yeah, the that's it. the argument that I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not everybody might agree with me on that. Do you recognize but... the emotional charge in that argument though? And like as a psychologist, the ego involved and, and again I'm saying the reason these conversations are tough and why I, I hope and appreciate you in this is like, I'm asking questions that in 99% of my life, if I ask these questions, people assume I'm an asshole. And I'm hoping that people like you understand that I'm asking. I don't assume questions. you're an asshole, but what I will do is I will pick out when I think that you are using and now and an, your analytical skills to to challenge something and and it, what it's doing is it's misrepresenting what I'm trying to say. And so that's where empathic listening comes in really well. Sure. Before you sure. ask a question, maybe Do make you sure see? you understand mm. the statement mm. that I'm making. Mm. But fair. we don't have time for that, so that's fine. That's a very fair point. I guess what I'm asking back of you, right? And this is the way these conversations go is as you teach me and other people as you should because mental health professionals have a lot to offer about <laughs> empathic listening and all the different skills you're talking about i'm asking you to not be so sure that you are practicing those skills as well as you think they am just like i should be so sure that when i say i'm not trying to be an asshole maybe i am being an asshole when i say hey i'm asking this question because i want to get to the truth maybe my ego's involved Maybe there's emotions. Maybe there's things at play that I'm not even aware of because that's what makes okay. this so hard. So let me let hold me on, hold on in. hold on because that's a beautiful example though. When when you speak to me about empathic listening, I've spent much of this conversation, and I don't say this judgmentally. I hope you understand being interrupted by you, and that's the epitome of what I'm trying to get at. I think it's very easy to assume we have this tool and it's so powerful, and I I have all knowledge of it but we are so blind to ourselves of how much we don't know or how hard it actually is. And I think as you're speaking in this, that's what I'm saying. Just like you're asking me to be like, hey, you might want to try and understand what I'm saying and not misrepresent it. That's super fair. If I'm doing that, I definitely shouldn't do that. What I'm asking right. you to do is, is in the same vein, right? I see you biting your tongue because you're like, I want in there. I want to jump in on this. Is for you to stop for a second and think about for you, how does this all actually play out? 
How am I able to use these skills for myself to get to a better outcome? And I think all of us, a mental health professional, a non-parental health professional, a politician, somebody living on the street, somebody that's a CEO, we would all be much better off if we went in with a working assumption, which says, I'm probably not as good as this as I think I am. I probably shouldn't be as sure as I think I am about this thing, because that gives us just the humility to do exactly what you've been talking about, which is so important throughout this episode. All the skills, all those things, you have to be able to control yourself first. And I think it's okay. super hard. I can't do it very well. I know that. So that's okay. kind of where I'm. So there's a couple of things, a couple of assumptions that sure. you're making, which is sure. that the way that I'm talking to you is the way that I talk to everybody when I'm, I'm not, to I'm just talking about this conversation. All I can talk about is this, this is the only conversation I know you from. Okay. I but you're, you're giving people. me advice not to interrupt people in this in conversation. General. No, no, just in this conversation. That's all I can speak to. Okay. Well that, I, I don't know how you talk to anybody else. I just know in this conversation. Okay. Um, all right. Fair enough. Um, and <clears throat> the, the, the is it reason that I just gave you that advice. That's what it sounds like. No, no, but does, said, it bother, does it bother you that I just gave you advice that said maybe shouldn't interrupt? Okay, I'm just no, asking. No, no. I'm just well, curious. I mean, I'm a human being okay. and, and, and I know that it triggers things, yeah. but I know how to manage my own emotions, right? Okay. And separate it out. I don't okay. use you as a mirror yeah. um, for a sense of self or self-worth. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> The other assumptions you're making is that you're assuming the the reason why I'm interrupting you, right? Oh, what is the reason true. why you think I'm interrupting you? I think you think I'm not understanding what you're saying and you're worried that somebody that I'm misinterpreting it and then therefore anybody listening is going to misinterpret what you're saying. That's my that's my assumption. You're right. I don't know for sure. That's my assumption. Right. Is that right? Right. And that's why a, it's important to check in with people. Is I always there a chance say, though that you're missing that I'm that you think I'm misinterpreting it because you're not actually letting me finish the point. And I tend to be verbose and convoluted. So if I got to the end of the thread, you might be like, oh, now I see. But by jumping in in the middle, there's a chance that's why it seems like I'm misinterpreting it. Is there mm -hmm. a chance of that? Well, there's a couple of reasons why I was interrupting you, right? Sure. Is because if you're going to make a point, mm -hmm. okay, and you're saying, if this is true, and this is true, and this is true, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> then this... I have to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying this is true. I'm not saying that that's what, that's not what I'm saying, right? right? So if you're asking these very elaborate questions that are based on certain um, um, observations, I'll say, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. that, that you're entitled to your, um, you know, and again, it's hard to have a conversation like this Super hard. in Super such hard. a short period of time. Um, there are so many communication skills out there. I have a list of what I call 15 principles of communication that I teach people um, that would really help in a situation like this, but we sure. don't have that kind of time. Sure. I will say this, that there is a sense of um, uh, urgency, mm. right? There is a sense of urgency for me because I am, and I'll be the first to admit, I am terrified that we are lo gonna lose democracy and that's, that is what is fueling me to do this in the first place. And the per people that I'm most trying to get a reach are people that are in positions where they influence other people, mm -hmm. right? Where they have the capacity to, to put forth this information. Cause you know, who am I, right? I'm, I'm not a celebrity, I have a best-selling book. I haven't done a TED talk, right? But I do have some expertise. Mm -hmm. 
And if you're going to ask these questions, why not ask us instead of a journalist or a lawyer or et cetera, et cetera, right? Because that's what's happening out there. And so, yes, if you sense any kind of passion, that is the case. And I think the other thing is watching over the last seven years and knowing that we couldn't, that we could have helped and we were not allowed to help. We were kept on the sidelines. And, and, and I can tell you that, you know, what happened to Bandy Lee, for example, she had um, t- tens, you know, I, I, something like a 70 um, interview set up after this book came out and there was a bestseller. They all got canceled mm. because yeah. the American Psychiatric Association went to the New York Times and said, can you write an op-ed about the Goldwater rule and saying it's inappropriate for them to be diagnosing Donald Trump, you know, it's based on this Goldwater rule, which is not even a a medical, I mean, it's not a um, clinical requirement. It's not, it's not part of the licensing. It's a American Psychiatric Association membership guideline. Mm. And not only that, but they changed it. They beefed it up to make it harder. Right. Mm. Um, and and he wrote an op-ed as well. And after that happened, she was getting calls after calls after calls. They all said, nope, nope, nope. And she tried and, and producers told her, I've tried, they won't do it. They're afraid of the liability. Um, so that's the underlying. And I'm yeah. the last person in the world to believe in conspiracy. So no, even when no, I, I hear it, I'm like, oh my God, really? Come on. Because I no, am I such a it. rationally thinking person. But anyway, um well, so let me say this. Let me sitting say this on line. the sidelines yeah. and watching this has been excruciating sure. when you know that you could have helped prevent some of this from happening it, it's uh, it's just on a visceral level and, yeah. and because you know i i joined the army at the age of 42 that gives you an idea about how passionate i am about this yeah. country and making a difference and so it, it, it does, it, it, it well, pains me to the core. I, I love, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and that means a lot. And I'll say as we're, as we're over now, I'm going to, I'm going to have to wrap us, unfortunately, but yes, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. The passion you have, I think what you're trying to do, I think if it's true that there was an opportunity to help in some way, reduce suffering and issues that we have, then you're right to be out here banging the drum with that. So I, I hope that comes there are articles. Mostly. You can look, sure. there are a couple yeah, articles I, 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 from I, journalists. in there. Um, I, I would just say in, in little closing, I think exactly as you're articulating that excruciating pain, that emotion, that charge, that fear, that horror of what's happening to the world. I think that allows you to use your terms to empathize with so many other people in the world that have a similar emotional charge as you've been talking about through this. And it just highlights how difficult it can be to really deal and cope with that when it feels so real and visceral. Um, but I think this conversation illustrates it. So I hope for people listening, I hope for you, yeah. I know for me, yeah. mostly I hope we all learn from this. Secondly, I hope um, it's that conversations can be like this. It can be like, what do you mean? Why'd you say that? And what is this? And what, like, to me, it feels ugly. It feels rough, but it's actually allowing us to do the work you're saying. So Elaine, I thank you a ton and- for what you're doing. Um, I appreciate you being on and I'll certainly link to everything you have put together there. And uh, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for all the questions. Tough yeah, questions. I love it's it. Thank you for, for riding with it and kind of rolling with <laughs> it. I appreciate me it. For what's to all come. Right. All right. You have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Hey, thanks a ton for listening to the episode. Um, I really do appreciate everybody that listens. And I think it's super cool that people want to hear conversations like this. They want to hear us talk about values and different perspectives and really just philosophical thinking. Um, I'm kind of on this mission or journey to bring philosophy back to the forefront, maybe even make philosophy cool again, because I just think there's so much value in thinking about our thinking, questioning and challenging ourselves more, pondering these big picture questions about life. Um, So in that spirit, I'm trying to expand that mission a little bit, and I created a Patreon account um, that would be awesome if you check out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, It's pretty simple, though. It's patreon.com slash what's the value. And the idea is for people that maybe want to learn more about philosophy, dip their toe in it a little bit, or maybe you already love it and just want to get more of it, um, check it out because there's kind of a tier for everybody, whether you just want to get like a quick philosophical video or a thought of the day, um, maybe you want to email or text me some questions and get some thoughtful philosophical responses, or if you want to have a live one-on-one chat over Zoom. Um, we're even doing group discussions where we kind of do group philosophical debates and discussions and ponder some of those big questions. So check it out, see if it's something you might be interested in. Uh, As I said, I just love to bring more philosophy into our lives. And I thought this might be a cool way to do it. Um, Whether that's your thing or not, and you're into Patreon or not, I really do appreciate a ton that you listen and check out these episodes. So I appreciate it greatly. And I hope you have an awesome day.